Hello, my name is Tanai and I'm a women's intimacy and empowerment coach. For years, I tried to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, and I realized that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is an opportunity to have conversations about what gets in the way of us creating real intimacy, and how can we have more deep and vulnerable connections in our relationships. This is Commitment Phobe. Hello, everybody. Before we dive into the episode today, I have a quick announcement. I will be running my program, Unapologetic, again this fall, starting in September, ending in December. And I wanted to send an invitation out to you to see if this is something that you'd be interested in doing. It's a three-month program that supports you in having a radical shift in your self-expression in your relationships. So if you feel like you're challenged in asking for what you want or saying no and setting boundaries or being vulnerable and saying how you feel instead of being defensive or withdrawing and you have a deep desire to be more unapologetic and feel more comfortable living your truth and saying how you feel without people pleasing or worrying about what are people gonna think or whether people will judge you, then this program will really support you. I am just blown away by the transformation of the women in the container now and how much they step into having those hard conversations in their relationships, in their lives, from women telling their partners what they want in sex to women telling their bosses what they need at work Some are even having really tough conversations with their parents, but most of all, just giving themselves the approval to be themselves and to put themselves first because we're just so used to thinking about everybody else before ourselves. So if anything that I just mentioned resonates and turns you on, then you can find me on Instagram at Tanai Milgram and send me a DM. Let me know that you've heard me on the podcast and you're interested in learning more about the program. It's three months, starts in September, and I would love to have you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I have the pleasure of having Sunshine as my guest. The way we know each other is because she guest taught at the retreat that my business partner, Taylor, and I led over Memorial Day weekend called Undaughtering. And I cannot describe in words the before and after of the women when they took Sunshine's sensual movement class. It was night and day. You know, we let her do the, do her thing with the girls while we took some time to do other things. And when we came back, the women had a full on routine for us. They were so in their body. So just like in a new space, like, you know, these women were women that came in that weren't so comfortable moving them, moving sensually or weren't so comfortable stepping into that like eroticism with their body. So Sunshine worked her magic on them. And that's why I wanted to get her on on the show and have her talk about her story and what she does. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I've been raving about that weekend as well. Like you guys were really beautiful people. The space was beautiful. The intentions for what 
you guys were doing was beautiful. Like just, just beautiful all around. So thank you for having me and Azula. She, we talked about you guys the whole way home, oh. <laughs> like the whole way home. Yeah. We love that. We, we wish you guys had stayed all day. We would have loved for you guys to stay. <laughs> I would have loved to stay too. My mom was going to beat me up if I didn't get home um, after she cooked. So I was like, you know what? I, right, right, right. I But we're going to do it again. So it's all good. Yes, very true. So you guys must come on the next Undaughtering Retreat to experience her magic. What I loved is that you told the women your story and, you know, your story with dancing, your story with your name. And I was just so craving to hear your story. So I'd love for you to start just with that. Like, what's what's your story? Who were you before you started dancing? Okay, I'm going to start with my before. I believe I told you that I, you guys, I had no dance background, no dance experience prior to going to a, a bachelorette party with one of my sorority sisters. And so I'm just going to lay that to the side. Outside of the dancing, I'm a mother of three. I'm a PhD student. I am a formally trained scientist. So like my, my two personalities, my professional personality versus like my real life, they completely uh, are like contradictory. I love that for me though, because you shouldn't box people in and um, they're, I'm a lifelong learner. So I don't really think I could be boxed into most categories because I'm just going to always keep changing. Um, I love, I love that for everybody. Evolution is is everything. But back to the dance portion, what I did was go to a bachelorette party and I ended up having a baby maybe like a year or two after the party. And I'm, I'm sitting at home, like, you know, most moms, like, you know, you kind of get wrapped up in yourself. You kind of get wrapped up in the baby. I was a stay at home mom. I took some time off from work and I was like, you know, Hmm, I really need to be outside <laughs> doing something else, not sitting here, just sending to these kids all day. That's how you, you really lose yourself. And so I said, I wonder if that, that pole place is still open. Um, I called them. They were still open. I think I started on a Groupon and after the first class I was sold, I was like, screw that Groupon. I'm going to get a membership. And that's kind of what happened. I got a membership. I treated the pole studio like a gym. I would go there two or three times a week, um, take classes. I met, I just want to say, okay, for pole studios, we we have such a beautiful community. I think that is not to be overlooked. The artistry is great. Working out is great. But I have come across some of the most amazing women and just people in general at the pole studio. It's very inclusive. We're, I'm at Secret Garden Pole in Atlanta, if you ever want to drop in. But it's, a, it's an inclusive environment. So uh, all ages, all sizes, all races, all jobs. I can't say enough for the people. It's just so supportive when you dance. They cheer for you. We cheer for each other. We cheer for each other in life. We hang out. We network. Um, we talk about business, even outside of the pole studio. So it's just been a really great experience. I got to tap back into myself, back into my body. And now every time I have students, I, I, I challenge myself in like, hey, I have 60 minutes to, to transform someone's life and make them feel better about themselves or, or bring something out of them that they didn't know was inside them. And that's my personal challenge every time I teach a class. So it really like did my heart well to know, you know, you guys saw the difference between 
the before and after of your students and see I didn't know how they were before I got there so like when you guys said that it it really was kind of like a full circle thing for me and I was honored to be able to do that so again thank you guys for having us oh yeah you have no idea there is there was a woman who came into the weekend saying like anything that has to do with sensuality like don't be surprised if I'm a full no to it it, it really it, you know what we heard is that you you just made it seem very approachable which I think pulls specifically something that doesn't seem so approachable you know yeah and you know Paul, it gets a bad rap you know the first thing I hear from everybody is I don't I don't have any upper body strength and I didn't either um we are we are a sport for everyday women you you build up that strength you build up that flexibility um and you all come with your different strengths and weaknesses and that's another beautiful thing about pole is where I am weak you may be strong and vice versa and we can kind of like work together to help each other you know meet somewhere in the middle like I think that's a beautiful thing about the pole journey I left out earlier I was almost 300 pounds when I started pole and I lost 100 pounds doing pole so when someone comes in and they're like I can't do that I'm like you absolutely can if I have to take out my phone and show them the before and after, I, I go as far as to do that. But it's it's really a journey. It's not anything to be rushed. Everybody moves at their own speed. And um, in class, I tell people, hey, mind your pole. So, like, don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Like, just focus on your own goal and you'll, you'll get there. It's not about anybody else's journey. Like, it's it's your personal journey. And when you make it, like, a spiritual thing, I know I know I'm probably, like, what Paul spiritual it's very spiritual it's very spiritual in, in, in terms of your personal growth and really knowing yourself reaching the places you don't know about yourself stepping outside the comfortable places because I mean we all know you can't grow where you're comfortable you gotta be uncomfortable a little bit to really get that growth so Paul kind of push me to do that because I'm, you know, I, I have a lot of masculine energy outside of pole. I'm not even going to lie to you. I have a lot of masculine energy and I feel like the sensual dance helps even out, you know, my divine feminine. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you about. Just, yeah. So many questions about your journey, but what are some of those things that were surprising to you and to women that you work with that you get out of pole dancing and, and sensual dancing? It's a lot of self-reflection. It's a lot of self-reflection. I think I've learned more from the pole, like off the pole. I know that might sound weird. I, I learned a lot of lessons from pole that I actually apply to my life off the pole, right? And so one thing about pole that is beautiful and it's like, oh, at the same time is that in pole, there's literally not really a way to plateau. There's always the next best thing. There's always the next uh, move to, to capture, or maybe you need more flexibility to do one move. Maybe you need more strength to do one move. But at the end of the day, you're always needing something and somebody might do it better or different from you. But it's like, you know, your parents always tell you you're for me, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room because how can I learn anything like that, right? So it, keep, it it pushes you to keep trying new things and keep elevating yourself. And I, and I just think that's like really beautiful. It's a really beautiful lesson to take with you outside because there's always going to be someone 
skinnier than you. There's always going to be someone prettier than you. There's always going to be someone with more money, but who cares? Like, that's not, that's not what we're here for. We're here to grow ourselves. Like we can't be worried on all these, like, you know, external factors. So that's a really great takeaway for, for me from poll. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. You, I think you, you said something during the retreat about like considering, considering yourself more of a boy, like out there in the real world, mm-hmm. out in life, you're more of a boy than, than in the studio. What was your relationship with sensuality before? And what did you start discovering as you got more and more comfortable with the dancing? I <laughs> had no sensuality before. Like I was not connected with that part of myself in any way shape or form the thing when I first started I had the hardest time and I can always speak from experience in these things because I was a student like the hardest thing for me was touching myself literally just like caressing my leg or tracing my face down my neck my chest it was so hard and uncomfortable but you know with repetition it started becoming more familiar I started enjoying it and it and it softened me it started to soften me little by little and again with me being a boy out in the streets I kind of like it it's kind of like it's like Bruce Wayne and Batman like you don't know you don't know Batman is like that guy because we're we're, you know we 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 don't like to admit it but we judge people (laughs) we have preconceived notions and it's like me and my sweats and my t-shirt you would never look at me and then say, whoa, like she can put on floss or like some little booty shorts and eight inch heels and rock it. Like you, it's like a secret hidden power. And, and I, and I love that. I love that. I, I had a, a student once, she was a chaplain. <laughs> she, she was a chaplain. Like who's looking at a chaplain and thinking they're getting yeah, down and dirty, so hot. you know? Yeah. I donned her stage name that we we kept her her stage name was on your knees. Ooh. Very <laughs> clever. So you get you get a whole stage persona. You have a chance to I I don't ever want to compare it to cosplay or anything like that, but you have a chance to be someone outside of yourself when you enter the studio. It's it's your me time. You know, you get your workout in, these endorphins Alter egos are so powerful in the way that you give yourself permission to do and be things that you wouldn't. Yes, yes, like, yes. And I tell people, yo, you know, leave tonight at the door and you're going to be so-and-so when you walk through this door and commit to that. Commit to that freedom, commit to that new feeling. And and once you commit to that, you could take a little bit with you outside. You could take a little bit at a time until it becomes more, comfortable and familiar and it's part of your being because the truth is it's already in you it, you just sometimes you just got to dig and scrape a little bit scratch that surface so that you can really just come out but it's in everyone it's in everyone some of us just have to work a little harder to get it out I find that it's in such unexpected ways that we don't talk about like self-love for example like no one tells you go gently and sensually touch yourself and you'll find self-love through that, you know? Or like for me, I love taking photo shoots and I, I wouldn't have before because I had all those judgments about, about myself that I wasn't sexy or that I wasn't photogenic. And it was kind of the same thing about dancing, right? Like I can't sensually dance because I'm not sexy enough. And 
what I discovered was that being sexy and sensual had nothing to do with what we were shown in magazines and, and movies, but instead it was right within myself. Yes. And then, you know, you come into dance classes and I think people forget the power of a mirror, right? So that's one of the things, and I'm going to step back and uh, circle back to this, but at the retreat, there were no mirrors in that room. I love that. You have no choice but to connect inside. You don't have anything to look at. But also when you're at the studio and there's floor to ceiling mirrors and you just get to stare at yourself and like be in awe of your movement, in awe of your beauty, you start to start feeling yourself. It's that one-on-one connection and looking at yourself in the mirror. Like, you know, when you usually use a mirror, it's to brush your teeth, do your hair and get out of there. But to fully connect with yourself for an hour or 90 minutes straight and you're looking at yourself in a mirror and dancing like it it starts building power in you yeah I love that you said that because we actually finish the weekend with with dancing in the mirror while everybody else is watching you yeah so you you would have loved that (laughs) I would have I, I you know I loved it like I said I I love that you guys didn't have mirrors in there because sometimes we get too enamored <laughs> once you start feeling yourself. See, I don't know if you've ever uh, really listened to the lyrics for Tweet. Tweet has a song called Oops, Oh My. No. Like, okay, put that on your to-do list. Uh, Tweet, her name is Tweet, and there's a song. You've heard it. You probably just don't know that's what it's called, Oops. It's liter- It's a song. It sounds so nasty and sensual and sexy and you know, dirty, but it's a song about self-love. It's a song about self-love. Like she's looking at herself in the mirror and she's like, damn, I look good. So good. I want to touch myself. Mm. Yeah. How did I not add that to your playlist? Shame on me. I'm going to, I'm going to put it on there now though. Yeah. Put it on there now for next time. So we can have an experience with that song. It just has me thinking about the discomfort of the beginning, right? The first weeks when you're feeling all rigid and cold in your body and there's no real like sensuality in there. Yeah. And, you know, when I started, I used to come, I used to come to pole class. (laughs) Don't laugh at me. I'm laughing at me. I used to come to pole class in t-shirts and like basketball shorts. Little by little, when you start progressing in pole, there's a reason strippers are naked. You need that skin contact on the pole. That's what's holding you up there. Um, when you have clothes, it's just you're just going to slide down. Your skin, yeah, your skin and different tension holds are what keeps you on that pole. So little by little, you got to start getting naked. Like my shorts got shorter. My tops got smaller. <laughs> my shorts got shorter. My tops got smaller. My heels got higher. My step got fancier you know, little by little, these little, these are little subtle changes. That was my personal journey. I see that a lot with other people though. So like, you know, you come in and little by little, it's a necessity thing at first. You're like, all right, I need shorter shorts. So my skin, I can have that skin available, but little by little you start liking it and you start, you start losing a little weight, you know, pole builds on the muscle to most of the parts that women like, like we get we get nicer arms, our arms get toned, our core is always being used. So, you know, 
Uh, any stubborn belly fat goes quickly. Depending on what kind of classes you like, you your butt will get nice and round. Like it, it, it hits all the problem areas. So like <laughs> you start <laughs> you start liking the way you look in your clothes. Right. Like, yeah. Yes. I can. I, I'm seeing what you mean by it's very sp- spiritual experience because this is another kind of like unexpected self love situation, right? Where the more you do expose yourself, the more comfortable you're being seen. So yes, yeah, you're seeing yourself more, you're getting used to seeing yourself move in a really beautiful way. So then that shame and that like wanting to hide goes away, right? Yeah, you know, sometimes some people see themselves for the very first time. And I know when I see people, we can have like the most fun class. And I might look over and there's a new girl. And she's crying. And I'm like, Oh, or she's like, you it's not crying, but sometimes they cry. And you're like, what's going on, friend? Like, you okay? Did I, did I work you too hard? Okay, I'm so sorry. You need some water. And they're like, no, I just, I feel so good. I'm happy. I, or I haven't felt this way in a long time. Because um, I finally did something for myself. Or I, you pushed me to a point that I didn't think I, somewhere I didn't think I can go and I'm here. So, you know, it's self-accomplishment. Yes, self-love, self respect self recognizing self recognizing self really playlists I'm gonna, I'm gonna step into another um topic like piggybacking off this but the music that you choose I take my music and my playlist very seriously because tapping into that music tapping into that vibe really challenges you if you're a fast dancer and I put on something sensual it makes you slow down it forces you to slow down and it makes you uh, work on something that you're not used to doing or, or, you know, moving your body in a way that's new or uncomfortable or, or, you know, it can ground you, but, you know, be mindful with, with what we listen to as well. You know, when you, when you make a playlist, what's the intention for your movement that day? Are you there to have fun? Are you there to unwind? Are you trying to be more sexy? Like I really am intentional uh, with my playlist for that reason. So, you know, if someone's looking to tap into themselves more, depending on what they really need, and this is why you should get to know your students, I'll, I'll curate the playlist specifically for, you know, whatever we're working on. That's, yeah, I love that. I, I have a playlist for every season of my life. So I'm very much into playlists. Nice. What did you get for yourself? And what have you seen other women get from slowing down to the point of discomfort? For the for, for myself, and, I, and I'll say for lots of women, I get a lot of women who have either just, just had babies or a lot of women who have really high pressure jobs. They have high pressure jobs. They're doctors, lawyers, you know, um, things that require a lot of them. And they don't, they have to be so hard. You know, this is part of being a woman, like to be taken seriously, this shit sucks. But, um, you know, we have to put on this demeanor, like even down to, you know, news reporters, you, you notice that the news ladies, they always have those deep voices, like, because high pitched voices are apparently not appealing, right? It's not as appealing to have a high voice. So, you know, they even have to change their voice. But going from a, a, a high pressure job to coming into a pole studio where you're allowed to be soft, 
you know, this is the one place that they get to be soft. That's a big adjustment for a lot of women because it requires vulnerability. And we've been taught if you're vulnerable, they're going to eat you alive, you know? Right. And it's like, we're not really taught that it's like a human need to be vulnerable and soft, you know? Right. It's like, right. We're, we're taught that it's like nice and that it's helpful, but it's, we're not taught that it's like a human need. Like you're kind of, the way that you're describing it is that these women are like, part of them are dead in a way, or part of them are completely neglected. <laughs> you're right. When you say it like that, like, no, it's, it's real. It's real. Or you get lost, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's like. I just see all these things that we've lost connection to because we're like, what's the point? You know, like I remember when the pandemic hit, I was super depressed and someone told me to start making art and I'm like, what's the point of that? Like, how will I make money off of this? You know, it's like in this patriarchy of like, you have to be productive, you have to be strong, you have to keep going. We've lost touch with all these things that just nourished us. And I find that that's why there's like so much pain in the world, you know, because we're just disconnected from all these things are essential to us, like our softness and our vulnerability. Absolutely. Like that, that softness is needed in the world. <laughs> that softness is invaluable. You know, we always talk about a grandma's love, but a grandma's love is that softness. They're soft, but they, they know when to, you know, be stern, but we love grandma because of the softness, right? Like her feminine beauty. That's, that's, that's really what we love about grandma. Yeah, that's so good. And, and I love how you mentioned that feminine beauty because it's like so many women, I, I have a lot of clients who are like, how do I connect to my feminine energy? And there's so much ambiguity, ambiguity about that, you know, and, and softness is one of those ways that that's a, a portal to, yeah, to our feminine energy. And it's interesting that you said that you have a lot of new moms and I wanted to ask you about yourself and how you started dancing after you gave birth did you have to deal at all with any guilt of taking that time for yourself when you just had a newborn <laughs> you know like don't stone me in a square but absolutely not because oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love I, to hear like uh, yeah I'd love to hear like your thoughts around it and any words that you could give to moms who are just putting all the weight of the world on their shoulders well first of all I'm not that girl but you know what I, I told I told my husband before we even got married, like I was like, listen, this is a 50-50 situation. If that's not what you want, leave me alone right now. Because when we have kids, we're going half on a baby, not 80-20, not 70-30. So we're splitting this shit down the middle. When I need to go, I'm going. And when you need to go, you can go. But like, that's how it's going to be. I'm not, I'm not going to carry all the weight for you, sir. Like I'm, I'm not. And if you don't like it, then you know where the door is now. So like I made, I was very clear about that. I've stuck to my guns and, you know, most of the time people are like, when people find out I have kids, they are shocked. They're like, what you have kids. And I'm like, yeah. Cause like, I'm very particular about obviously who watches my children. I'm very particular about their education and the, the different things that I do for them as a mother, but I do make sure I get that alone time for myself. And so I just got back maybe like a couple months ago from, I, I try to go spend a month at least uh, a year somewhere else by myself with no kids, no man, no nothing. And people are like, what? They're like, your husband lets you do that. And I'm like, 
see, stop right there. Let right. nobody lets me do anything. <laughs> like, what do you mean lets? Uh, you mean my husband handles his responsibility as a father while the mother is taking care of herself? Is that what you mean? Right. Oh, just, okay. Yeah, that. <laughs> taking care of his responsibilities as a man, you know? Like so many women complain about mothering their partners, but it's like, if you treat him like he needs to be taken care of, then he's just going to need you to take care of him. Yes. And so um, I take time for myself. My, my friends laugh at me. They're like, you're self-care queen. Yeah, I am. Cause I'm going to go get that massage every week. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Cause that, you know, some people like shopping, everybody does what they want with their money. I, I like experiences. So I like traveling. I love to eat. So I like food and I like uh, rest and relaxation. So I'm, you know, I'm getting those four spa days and and it doesn't have to be extravagant every time, like, you know, but I'm going to get my relaxation in and, and I urge anyone, you know, with children to do the same, even if it's just 20 minutes of alone time, you got to start sacrificing for yourself. You, you deserve, you, you deserve nice things too. And don't let anybody tell you, you don't deserve nice things. You deserve nice things. You deserve quiet time. You, you deserve to relax. Um, this, this whole struggle, be productive life that we are living right now. It's just, you know, I, I'm jealous of the animals, like the animals, they get to run outside naked. They can sleep wherever they want. They don't pay rent. They don't pay bills. Right. Like they just get to wallow in the sun, like lay out in the sun and frolic. Like we're fools. We're the fools. The animals got it right. <laughs> like, so right. Yes. <laughs> like all this conditioning yes like like <laughs> but yeah but like with moms you know I, I encourage women with kids especially to come to pole because I don't want that part of your womanhood to be just solely delegated to motherhood there are so many aspects of womanhood that do not require having children like there are so many parts of womanhood that require you to be good to yourself first like you need to be good to yourself first. And like, you know, um, I'll tell you something just that I thought about because you asked about moms. I have a, a student turned instructor recently. Um, I knew her as a student, you know, you know, your body changes after you have a baby. So like she's a little curvier now than, you know, when she first started, you know, I know she felt she, she made mention of feeling like self-conscious about it, but literally the, the day before she told me that, I told one of the owners at the studio, I said, you know, I'll call her Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell, um, <laughs> Tinkerbell isn't feeling, you know, so hot about her body, but like between me and you, I think her body now is smoking. I love it way better than her pre-baby body. And, you know, here she is telling me the very next day, like, yeah, I'm not like happy with how I look. And I had to say, girl, I love the way you look now more than I did before. I think it's beautiful. I think you know, the tiger stripes, like you, you, you've been through war. Those are, those are war wounds. They're not supposed to be something that's ugly or hidden. Like you, you, you produce life, friend. Yeah, life. There's nothing beautiful about perfection. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, after, you know, we talked about that, you know, we, we talked about that and she was just like, you know, you really gave me something to think about. Cause I didn't think about it like that before, but she has a beautiful, 
she is a beautiful figure, even though it wasn't what it was before. I think it's more beautiful. It's more organic, you know, it, it, and it shows people that you don't have to be a stick figure to be pole dancing. You don't, you don't have to do that. Like we come in all shapes and sizes and she can do all the same stuff that she did before having a baby. She can do all the same stuff. She might be a little heavier. She just has to work a little harder at some stuff, but she can do everything she did before. And she thought she wasn't going to be able to do that. So it's just another, you know, level up into, yeah. Yeah. You know, we're living in a culture that, that just sends those messages, right. Of like your body's ruined or your body's not the same. And it's like all these negative connotations because we're not appreciating the natural beauty we're being fed all those messages of how to get your body back or, you know, improve your body. I'm so over the snapback culture friend. I'm like, I'm so over it. Like for what? Yeah. For what? You know, it's, it's wild. Like we don't, your body is supposed to take its time. You're not supposed to have a flat stomach a week after you had a baby. Like why are, you know, we see these celebrities and it's like, you have to know that she doesn't work. She has a personal chef, a personal trainer, <laughs> like a personal nutritionist, a personal, like everything. Yeah. A personal everything to maintain that youth, to maintain that whatever, whatever she's maintaining, someone else is maintaining it for you, for her while you're out here self-maintaining. You cannot expect the same million dollar results on a, you know, $10,000 budget. Like it's just doesn't. It's true. We're comparing ourselves to million dollar, dollar results. Yeah. Which brings us back to mind your pole. Yeah, mind your pole. <laughs> <laughs> mind your pole. It goes beyond the pole. Do you find that a lot of women... Okay, so I'll start with my own experience. For me, sensual dancing, what, what it brought up a lot in me is like a resistance to being bad or like, like my inner good girl was like, oh no, it's wrong for me to do this. And I'm curious if you have a lot of... If you work with a lot of women who have gone through the same... You know, every once in a while, I get a shy student. They're usually not shy, but I, you know what I'm going to tell you? What happens is I, I, I tend to teach the routine with the lights on so that I can see everybody, right? But tonight, the minute those lights go off, <laughs> <laughs> the minute those lights go off, I can guarantee you whoever the most quiet one in the room was they're not going to be quiet anymore I can I can guarantee it almost every time and it's like sometimes you just need a little courage right you just need a little courage and you feel like everyone's looking at you when the lights are off mm -mm. yeah I found that you know you had the women at the retreat give eye contact to each other and I found that that was like the antidote you know that was like the medicine of like because there isn't anything more powerful than looking at someone in the eyes and like dancing for them, you know? And, and I think it really helps with that good girl conditioning of feeling like insecure around it. You know what I mean? The power, you want to know something? There are a million tricks in the world on the pole that can be done. But the way I feel like I can break a person down while I'm dancing the easiest way is to look them dead in their eyes and don't take your eyes off of them. 
like it's like playing chicken they're gonna always look away before you because it's like whoa this is intense like no one's ever no one's ever looked me in the eyes like that before and on top of looking me dead into my soul you're like spreading your legs past your head like it's it's like (laughs) sensory overload right wow yeah yeah it's like sensory overload but that connection that that one-on-one and see you know when it comes to strippers we love strippers like I love the strippers they deserve way more credit than they ever get like it's such a hard job but being able to read people and really connect with someone on that level like the, the emotional labor let's talk about that like the emotional labor it takes to you know deal with all these different personalities and still be able to like break someone down to their soul by just looking in their eyes like that shit's a superpower yeah that's so true it's funny you say that I was reading this book called urban tantra was written by someone who I think used to be a stripper and she talks about yeah this like intense moment she had while stripping for someone and looking at them in the eyes for like 20 minutes it's it's yeah it's in I I love it I it's like almost a challenge it's like you know, the most macho men are the ones that break down the fastest because they just know, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm dominant, me, Tarzan, you, Jane, but they can't handle being looked at in the eye because that's a very intimate, vulnerable position. Yeah. What was it like for you at first to be watched? I didn't like it. You know, sometimes I still don't like it. (laughs) I'm serious. Like it depends on the vibe and like, I'm, I'm particular about where where I do what because you know I do have a kids and a husband and yeah well when was the first time you danced for your husband what was that like it was over before it started friend I don't even I don't even advise dancing for your mate because they just don't do right like it's over as soon as you start it's like oh (laughs) like I'll tell you this when you do a lap dance do not sit on anyone do not sit on your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife. Do not sit on them unless you want the party to be over. <laughs> yeah, you must be, you, you must have a very strong inner dom and tell them that they're not allowed to touch you. Yeah, because once once that happens, it's over. <laughs> it's over. Um, but it's a, it's a really nice way to be playful um, with your partner. And, you know, if, if you're one of those people that we discussed before that are just really rigid because you have to be at work or somewhere else like and that's all your all your partner kind of knows of you too because if we're being real that shit's gonna trickle into your everyday life at some point right that demeanor how you handle stuff like once your partner sees that other side of you it's it's a beautiful experience for them too yeah like everybody wins like everybody wins your partner gets a more sensual you you get the most, the best, the best of yourself. Your kids get a happier mom. Like I, I have, you know, I can go on for that forever on that. Yeah. I love that perspective. I, you know, growing up, I thought, I thought of it as like something that you had to do for men or that it was for them. But I, you know, I, as I grew older and got into this work, I really saw how it's such a beautiful it's such a beautiful thing of receiving and giving, you know, like when you're being watched, you're receiving someone's gaze. And when you're dancing, yes. you're giving them something really beautiful to look at. Yes. Yes. It's some, it's a way more beautiful perspective than like, I have to do this so that I turn him on. Oh, absolutely. Like I love dancing for women. Cause 
like we just have a different appreciation for things but I also like when you dance for men and you can you can see a point and it and it's okay for them to be like in a sexual a sexualized state like I'm not upset about that at all but sometimes that moment when you see you can look at them and you can see it click in their head from objectifying you to seeing it as art like yo chef's kiss like it's 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 awesome it's awesome because you you helped them grow in a sense you help them grow too I mean there's so many different experiences right within like just the sensual journey of dance and movement and releasing trauma through of your body you know through your body you can release trauma through movement so like dance is all of that and more truly yeah it goes back to like these are things that were part of the everyday culture that we've just stripped from our lives you know like in tribes people would sing and dance as their day-to-day activities yes yes our bodies are supposed to be moving not sitting in a chair eight hours a day like we're supposed to be living off the earth and moving and like uh, our yeah our bodies are like they're so confused what are we doing like (laughs) yeah you're right we we've lost touch with the like truly organic connection with each other even yeah Uh, yeah. even outside of the earth right absolutely so last couple of questions number one what are some day-to-day things that people can do to get in touch with their sensuality and to feel more sexy or more or like feel better in their bodies that you that you like to do or that you teach your your clients well first question I'll go two ways with that I'm going to start with touch the easiest way for me to to start someone off with appreciating touch it's a very simple thing you're going to be like what it might change your life every day because now you're going to be like (laughs) thinking about this but when you put, when you put lotion on, take your time and really experience the rubbing and the caressing of self. Take your time with every area of your, every part of your body. Make sure every part of your body is moisturized and you are caressing as you lubricate your skin. If you need help with that, like if you need it to be a more sensual experience, throw on a nice song you like, or light a candle, whatever puts you in that light, like take your time and enjoy yourself. Like enjoy yourself. Uh, start, start, you know, with more sensual touch for sure. It's kind of like touch yourself the way you want a lover to touch you. Exactly. Touch, I, I tell my students, rub what you love. Mm. Rub what you love. Rub what you love. That's so good. Yeah, rub what you love. Rub it so good that I want to touch it too, you know? That's what I tell them. Like, really rub what you love. That that seems to work. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then the other thing that you can do at home, it's very easy. One of one of your your ladies at the retreat, she enjoyed this and I think it's 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 easy to do and it's something that you can practice we call it the filthy animal I don't know if you uh were in on that part um 
it's a common move in the pole community, but there's a local studio here. I went to a class one day and she called it a filthy animal. And I was like, you know what? I like that. I, I really like that. But basically it's cat cow stretches, you know, get tabletop off fours, arch that back and then round it. So you're going arch and round. You can go slow. You can go fast. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't recommend fast. You want to go slow. You want to take it nice and sensual. But you are going to take your chest to the left, then arch through the middle to the right, and then round back up. And you can go continue with that motion, or you can go in the opposite direction. We always suggest going, you know, doing both sides because we want to be strong on both sides. Um, so take your time and kind of roll your neck when you do it. Like, it's very sexy. It's very erotic. I, I, I mean, it's a good stretch on top of all of those things. Just something easy to get you moving and tapped in a little bit. I can see that it really, like, moves the chakras around a bit, like the lower chakras. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So good. Thank you. And last question I think would be a beautiful question to end on is tell us the story of sunshine why why sunshine why sunshine so when I when I first um started my name was oasis and then I was like that that's cute but <laughs> that doesn't really that doesn't really fit me so sunshine is two parts all right so there's this movie called Harlem Nights right there's a character in the movie named sunshine they said, well, why, why do you call her Sunshine? And basically, the man was like, her pussy's so good that if I throw it in the air, it'll turn to sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I, I was like, seems appropriate, right? Like, yeah, it's pussy power. And then the other thing is I'm from California, and I like to think I have a nice warm, you know, bubbly personality sunshine just seemed like it was a good double entendre and it just fit me better than oasis so good i have to watch this movie now yeah it's a classic yeah i love eddie murphy so i gotta check yeah it out. it's a classic it's a classic there you know red fox has got like some comedic greats in there some greats well you definitely do embody the name you you definitely bring sunshine just in in the way that you speak and in your energy, we were so freaking grateful that you you were at the retreat. Thank you so much. We can't wait to have you again. I can't wait to see y'all. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And I'd love for you to share with the listeners any way that people can reach out to you or a way that they can take your classes. Absolutely. If you're on Instagram, you can follow me at Secret Sunshine ATL. That's my uh, studio page. The studio where I teach at is called Secret Garden Pole. So it's at Secret Garden Pole also on Instagram. So, you know, reach out to us either way. DM, follow, like. I'm not a, I'm not a heavy poster. I know. I, I'm, I'm like, I live my life in my stories. So like, that's where all my, <laughs> my fun, you see my personality there, but like, I'm not a big poster. I'm working on it. You know, we all got our, our things to work on. Invisibility is uh, one of my personal challenges, but, you know, 
growth, right? We're all on our journeys. Yeah. And we all get to do it our way. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, Sunshine. Thank you so much. And for any more information that you guys need, you can find it in the show notes and come to the Undaughtering Retreat so that you can take her class in person. Yes. Hey, you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Commitment Phobe. If you like what you heard, make sure to share with your friends, your lovers, your ex-lovers, anyone that you think could benefit from having a conversation like this one. And it would be super helpful if you subscribed and left a five-star rating on iTunes to make sure that this podcast gets spread around to as many listeners as possible and we can start changing the conversation that we have around intimacy and relationships. If you want to find out more information about what I do as a women's coach and some of my other projects that I'm working on, you can find my information in the bio of this episode or you can reach out to me directly on Instagram and shoot me any questions that you have. See you next time.